Hello and welcome to the Annotated Podcast, Season 6, Episode 8. I'm Hybrid Mink. In the room tonight, we have Requiem. I'm Bonwa. And Dr. Kev. Good evening. It's a little lighter than usual, and I thought we would keep it light with the content. Not in terms of quantity, but the attitude. Because anyone knows that anime is all about the attitude. That's at least what uh, the magazines were telling me back when I was buying them in the 90s. Uh, before we get to that, housekeeping, Requiem, what we got? What's a magazine? Uh, it's like a PDF, but like you could hold it. Oh, oh shit. It. Uh, it's like a newspaper. Wait, I don't know. It's like a VHS, mate. Um, um, what's like the E-Track? It's like a blog. Speaking of blogs. Uh, our blog lately, uh, the, the, the major article was Dil, uh, dubs with Dill. Dill covering the, uh. History of Evangelion's dubs. So I was out right away. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a great article. I just, like, I don't care. You could dub that show with a hundred different people, a hundred different ways, and it's still going to suck. What if it was dubbed with the cast of Saved by the Bell? Okay, then I'd watch. I admit. There you go. There you go. You know, you make Mario Lopez uh, Shinji, and I'll, okay, I'll give it a shot. Who would Dustin Diamond be? Oh, like, uh, who was the gay angel kid that Shinji loves? fantastic casting there you go fantastic that's zach morris you're fucking crazy all right then we got a whole bunch of first impressions we got uh i shaved and took in a high school runaway by luigi we got killing slimes but for 300 years by viking 86 by uh ray kaze aka rock uh we got the world ends with you by neora yeah t-grip covered Weird ass animal driving anime odd taxi. Uh, Stin took uh, took on the challenge of uh, don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. We also got uh, combatants will be dispatched, which I feel terrible for that particular other. Uh, <laughs> some guy from Scotland handled Shadow's house. I can't imagine who that was. And that's that's what we got. It's it's basically Dill's article and a whole bunch of first impressions, all of which are worth reading. Yeah, pretty stacked season. So, like, if you don't know what you want to watch and the podcasts haven't been enough, go check out the blog. Get some literature. Yeah, it's like the podcast in written form. Probably the best way to do it. Spelling's bare. <laughs> all right, so that's we're good for housekeeping then? That's pretty much all that's on the blog. First impressions and uh, Evangelion dubs. So, to be honest, I mean, that's that's decent amount of stuff. We just kind of flew right through it. Um, so last time, and then we went in depth with the shows, like the big shows that a lot of people were watching. And I thought this time we would just, you know, just casually talk about what was on our mind, maybe anime adjacent stuff and, um, the Demon Slayer movie. So, you know what, let's just get started with Demon Slayer. Me and Rec have seen it. Dr. Kev, um, because you haven't seen it, we're going to make sure that we're very, very explicit with our spoilers. Is that okay? I will destroy you. Okay. I assume it's coming to the UK at some point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm not not even sure if our cinemas are open here or not. Our shops only just started opening like last week. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm always surprised because usually anime movies here in Connecticut, 
uh, we usually get like maybe one showing. Like when I went to see Promare, they were like one dub and one sub, and that was it. And then here we oh, got no, a week. This, it was fucking everywhere. We got like two weeks here in Connecticut. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I don't know if it's a, if it's because you know the release schedule is so light because of COVID, or because of how massively successful it was in Japan, or both. But there's way way more showings of this than any anime movie I've ever seen, mm-hmm. especially one that's not a Studio Ghibli movie. Yeah, it just blows me away because usually the Shonens and the Ghiblis are the ones that get like the big audience, big audiences. Whereas here, it's just like blowing everything away. I mean, I know every podcast are like, "Oh my god, Demon Slayer is popular." Did you know? But it still surprises me. I mean, the level of popularity—we've commented on it a hundred times, but it's still just amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it almost won the box office, not the animated box office, not the kids' box office, not the party—the actual full-on box office. It's first week, and it won it the second week. In Japan or here in America, too? Here, here. It, it was second only to Mortal Kombat and just barely. Wow. I mean, that's insane, considering half the showings are in subtitles. I thought more of them. I was actually surprised there were more subtitle than, than dub showings, which is kind of rare. Yeah, but, but appropriate, because subtitles yeah. are superior. Well, we can get into that another time. But uh, I agree. The most important thing I want to talk about is how do you guys feel about boxed candies still being sold in movie theaters? Aren't they a little too loud? <laughs> I, I mean, you're going to sell popcorn. You can't complain about boxed candy. No, pop box. Okay, so this girl to the left of me, first of all, should have been two seats because of COVID. She was one seat away from me, sitting with her boyfriend, talking the whole time. She had a box of what I assume was nerds, because you know nerds are tiny, hard candies in a box. Yeah. And every, every like three seconds, like... <sighs> I'm like, why don't you just like put it in a bag? How hard is this? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I can see that nerds are pretty loud. Yeah, we've all we hate nerds. Po- anime it's... podcast standard. We hate nerds. Those things are horrible. Yeah. I'm a typical cheapskate father, so we go to like the shop before we go to the cinema and stock up on. <laughs> oh, super you're a smart cheap father. Yeah, that's old school. Go to the do- go to the dollar store beforehand and get like I'm going to pay more than a dollar for these Mike and Ikes. Exactly. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, jujubes, as they have in the UK, wine gums. Yeah, what's the most popular movie candy in the UK? Um, I don't know. There's lots of chocolate, or there's like sort of pick and mix things where you kind of take a scoop and lots of different types of sweets into a bag, and it's massively overpriced. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. All, all of the cinemas have that. Mm-hmm. Really, that sounds like a good deal. I mean, well, not price your price, and that's a good deal. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if the price was about half of what it was, it might be a good price. Oh. One of the uh, one of the cinemas near us uh, serves for five dollars ninety nine cents. They will give you a little paper, you know, tray of uh, spicy hot Cheetos covered in nacho cheese sauce. Yeah. Sounds. It's basically America in a paper tray. Right. <laughs> Set it on fire. I think it, oh. it could be good. Kind of sounds good. I don't know. My favorite thing about people from the UK is telling them horrible American foods and hearing their reaction. <laughs> you do what? I don't you die immediately? But the UK is like the worst food in the world, isn't it? No, nah, that's flat out untrue. Oh, I've always heard things. <laughs> it's not that bad. Although apparently my cooking's not that great, so my kids complain a lot. Speaking of your kids complaining, Demon Slayer movie was really good. I don't know, what'd you think, Rick? Oh, it was incredible. Um, I know it's kind of redundant to say UFO table or however you pronounce it. Did great animation, but it's amazing. 
on yeah, a movie they, budget, just just like jacked up to a thousand. The train was very expensive. I can only imagine. Oh God, I can't even imagine the the budget on this thing. But God knows they made it back at this point. Mm-hmm. Does it yeah, have I, lovingly depicted blood splatter everywhere? Yes. Excellent. On, on several occasions. I shall look forward to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the animation is what really stands out. I think story-wise, it was a cool story, but maybe, I don't know. I feel like putting it in an anime format, like a few episodes might have worked to its advantage, especially because of the ending, just kind of like, you could have just stopped, but you had to keep going just because the manga kind of put him in a p- position. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's kind of in a position where like, you wouldn't want to stop here, but also kind of feels like another movie almost. Uh, yeah, the, the ending is kind of abrupt, but the, like you said, the, the, where the arc ends kind of forced their hand. Yeah. But like, it's, I can see what they, it's very interesting for me because normally, you know, shown in anime movies are, like very vague at where they fit into the continuity. This is literally just the next arc yeah, of the manga going. after the season one. Mm-hmm. If you didn't see season one, this movie will not make sense to you. That's why I thought was interesting. And yet it's still incredibly successful. I uh, I was surprised that I, I actually almost cried at one moment. Um, not Maybe not the moment you're thinking of, but uh, we're being very vague here. It well, I mean, just, we don't want to give too many spoilers. There, it's because you know who Tanjiro is as a character. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah, this, of course, this is what this would be like. Um, and then just like some of the dumb gags, man, you really can't say anything about spoiling anything, but yeah, overall, it's really, hard. <laughs> it's really hard to not talk about it. But if you guys, uh, if you have a way of seeing it, if it's somehow still playing when you're listening to this, check it out. And I'm, I'm sure it'll be on Blu-ray as soon as they get the chance. Maybe, maybe Funimation or something. They'll buy the rights and have it up soonish. Mm. Yeah, by the way, how was the sound in your showing? At our showing, it, we saw it in the giant screen format, and the sound was turned up to about fourteen on the ten scale. Oh, so were you in an IMAX or something else? It's like it's like IMAX. It's that size. It's just not optimized. It really, it's just like watching it on a bigger, bigger screen TV. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Just like it's just like a really big screen, but the sound was incredibly loud. How much of the noisy blonde idiot is in it? Actually, you'll love it because he's not, he's mostly sidelined. Oh, thank God. He barely has anything I going on. Hate, no, that's great, because I, I think he's, he's the most, he's the most um, diverse of character. Like, there's people like me who think right. he's funny, and there's a lot of people like Doc who don't like him. Yeah, I can just imagine sitting for two hours in a cinema with that sound of him just, like, screaming at, like, maximum volume. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, everyone in my theater loved him. Every time he said something stupid or screamed, everyone in the theater, like, laughed. So. My wife thought he was funny. He's so. he's endearing, I'll say that. Right. There's no accounting for taste. <laughs> yeah. So I guess right. we can't really say too much about it other than it's good. It pacing's a little weird, but other than that, it's definitely worth seeing. Oh yeah. Hmm. You know what? Dr. Kev didn't get to talk about much there. So what do you want to talk about, Dr. Kev? Um well, you know, I, I I'm watching quite a lot of current stuff at the moment. But I have been watching some some older things. Um, I thought it might be fun to bring up. My um my daughter somehow found out about this dub of a show called Ghost Stories. That's an anime from I think two thousand or something like that that I have never heard of. And it looks like it's it's a pretty generic sort of supernatural kids show thing. But um, I think it was Ed Vision got the 
the rights to this in the early 2000s, realized it was really, really boring. So just decided to kind of go all, all out with the most ridiculous dub. It's <laughs> so offensive. It's hilarious. Um, you never hear about this. This is one of the legendary go- uh, gag dubs of all time. I've never heard of it. She showed me like a YouTube clip of the highlights from the first episode. I'm like, yes, yeah, so we're watching that. We're watching that right now. <laughs> <laughs> One chick who's like a hyper Christian is the best. Yeah, he's like, oh, um, I mean, we were saved by my Lord Jesus. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like that's totally not in the, in the original. I mean, I looked at the the Wikipedia entry for this, and it says in, in one part, um, it, it kind of lists the different characters, and, and under the, the the main character's mother, it says, and in the dub, she is a lesbian. It's like, oh, what? <laughs> So they, 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 at one particular scene, like the 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 girl, the main girl, finds a picture of of the head teacher of his of a school, and she's like, "Why do all te- head teachers look like lesbians?" Hang on, that's my mother. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, because the original ghost stories is really, like you say, is incredibly dull. Yeah. So they just they went on, they're like, whatever, let's go ham on it. Yeah, they just sort of threw out most of the script. Apparently, the, the the Japanese production company were like they knew it was boring, so they're just like, "Yeah, fine. Look, keep the names, keep like the basic plot, do whatever the hell you like." <laughs> my second of these kind of dubs. So my second favorite. My favorite is uh, Duel Masters. Okay. I don't know if you ever saw that, but it has a it's a, basically yeah. a card game anime, but with a gag dub, and it's hysterical. I mean, we, we watched four episodes of this in one go, and I felt like my brain was leaking out through my ears. So I had to stop. But my daughter was like, how many episodes are there? And I'm like, 20. So I could watch them all. <laughs> <laughs> so to save her sanity, I, I put something else on instead. Can it keep uh, up? Put momentum? Does it stay funny? They do new things? It did stay funny. It was ridiculous. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if they keep momentum through all 20 episodes. I'm not sure I'm brave enough to watch them all, but... It's every every episode though. has at least one part that's really funny. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is our call? There's a lot of sort of ad libbing, and and I don't know how much how, how drunk these actors were they <laughs> were recording it, but they sound like they're having a blast. I, I, you get being cut loose on a dub like that has to be the best. Yeah, they're like just say whatever. <laughs> it's very funny. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Uh, you know, I actually we can just jump around. Um, I played the original Near, and in America we got the one with Daddy Near called mm. Near Gestalt, I think. Yeah, and Near Replicant one point two whatever pie symbol that mm. just came out, and I'm like, I really didn't love Gestalt, but maybe Replicant's better because they improved the combat and stuff. So just briefly, let's talk about video games for a second here. Yeah, well, I'm playing through New Replicant at the moment. Um, the new one. Yeah, the new one. Um, uh, it's it's good. I mean, I, I played the original not that long ago, maybe about three or four years ago. I was very late to the near party. Um, and this game, it, it is basically just the same game. It just looks a bit shinier and the combat's a bit more polished. Um, but the story and all of the mundane side quests are all the same. I mean, apparently there's a new ending. So, you know, I'm interested in that. Because God knows that game needed more endings. Yeah, well, you know, it's got it's got an ending E now, so it's got it's got a fifth ending. Um, Got to match up with Automata. Yeah, 
Oh, the Automata is one of the best games ever. Um, I don't get you. I just can't imagine a game is like, let's make you play the game five or six times before you get all the. That's not what they do, though. It's just you have to do like. I've seen it. I watched a Let's Play of the original. You have to play the whole thing through. You have have to to play play a significant portion. Yeah, you play the whole thing through once. And then the second time, you play it through from just after halfway through. But you've already done a lot of the stuff, is so that, you can rush through all? it. And, and you, but the thing is, that the, all the, the cutscenes give you... There's new cutscenes, and you also get subtitles for what the bad guys are saying. And it, it, it completely recontextualizes the entire story. No, I get <laughs> it. I saw the endings. I get it. Like a little bit, You get a little bit more perspective each time. It's just having mm. to play... The second half of the game over and over and over again. Yeah, and then okay, then and then the third time, yeah, it's a bit annoying. You're having to play the second half of the game, but then you know you can just save it right at the end and then make a different choice to get the fourth ending. You don't have to play it through like four times. You're talking about Replicant, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was yeah. talking about the original one. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Replicant. Guess so is the original. It's so confusing. But yeah, at least in Automata, you barely replay anything. It's basically yeah. you're doing a lot of the boss fights from the first chapter as a different character with different mm. gameplay. And the same thing, they recontextualize the enemies. So I guess mm. that's kind of like a through line. I totally forgot that you can uh, hear that. Probably because I saw the first ending in Gestalt and I just dropped it. I was like, all right, I saw really? the ending, I'm done. Did you know I didn't what? know. Oh, bloody hell. First, the first ending is missing a lot of information. Oh, good grief, yeah. Now, I, I mean, I played through all of Automata, but I didn't know back with Gestalt. Like, I wasn't really looking up stuff. I had no idea. See, the game and the Gestalt and Replicant, the, the story is probably better than the Automata story. It just it just rips out your heart. <laughs> the gameplay was so dull. I just, like, I don't want to play this anymore. Well, the, the, well, the new like version of the game, the, the gameplay is better in the new one. You think the gameplay yeah, is better? Do you like Replicant better, then? No, I don't uh, like the original Nier. I played it all. To, to the first ending, and then I stopped playing it. But Nier Automata, I absolutely love. So, so do you like Replicant? I didn't play Replicant. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, I, haven't tried it. I haven't tried it yet because I'm like, I didn't like the original. Why would I want to play it unless they got Platinum to do the gra- the yeah. gameplay? But they didn't. I no. guess they revamped it a little bit, but... They, they, they got, got Platinum to do the... I think that would change the gameplay significantly. Yeah. They got, it they would. got some people from, from Platinum to act as um, like consultants, but they didn't yeah, actually... Yeah, you can only do so much with consulting, though. Yeah. It's, the gameplay is significantly better, but it's not right. it's not as good as um, Automata's. Yeah, I'll, I might give it a shot at some point. That soundtrack is god tier. Oh, I mean, yes, absolutely. And they've re-recorded the soundtrack with a full orchestra. It sounds amazing. They didn't have it in the first one. I thought it was no. It, it was done with the MIDI. I think I just listened to an orchestrated version whenever I listened to the original soundtrack, yeah. and was like, oh yeah, this is from the game. But yeah, I didn't realize. That's the best game soundtrack. I mean, Automata's soundtrack is great as well, but um, there's something special about the original Nier soundtrack. Yeah, because a lot of Automata is just like rearrangements of mm. the original Nier, so it's just like more of the same. It is, and it, and it uses that music so well just to evoke various emotions from um, sadness to tragedy. <laughs> it's, it's all just shades of sadness. Hopelessness. <laughs> I've said it before, but like Nier is that soundtrack. Like without that soundtrack, it's just kind of like a box standard game with a quirky story. Whereas the mm. soundtrack gives you the emotions that you need when you need them. It's just makes it. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to anime. I, for, some, for some reason, I just want to hear Requiem talk about Helsing Ultimate. Did you recently watch this? Yeah, actually, I just rewatched it. Oh, rewatched um, it. Okay. Well, I mean, everyone knows like 
if you're an anime fan, you know the story of Helsing Ultimate, how it like you know you know Genion collapsed in the middle of it. So they're like, oh, they put out the the first four um, OVAs or episodes or whatever you want to call them, and then the company collapsed, so they didn't come out forever. And it took years for uh, before someone rec- uh, rec- um, rescued the license, and, and yep. then it took them years to put out all the rest of them. So it took like ten fucking years for the whole thing to come out. And which is why, like half of it, I have on like special, you know, steel case, and the rest of it is just regular boxes because they didn't put out the rest of the special editions. Yeah, it's the same in the UK. I had the first four episodes on like individual DVDs from goodness knows how long ago, and I only just recently got the rest of it on Blu-ray, like about six months ago. Yeah, the license was in just purgatory for years. Mm. So I realized that. There's 10 uh, OVAs. I don't think I'd ever seen the last two. If I did, I couldn't remember. And I realized I don't really remember most of this show, so I'm just going to rewatch it. And so I did. I rewatched it, and I was like, I forgot how completely batshit this show fucking is. Dude, Alucard turns into, like, a pretty boy or something, or a woman. I don't remember. What happens? <laughs> he turns into all kinds of shit. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. he, he's a, like, his powers are much more bizarre than they were in the the, the original Helsing because the original Helsing anime was really more about Ceres was was your viewpoint character, mm-hmm. and this one's much more Alucard, and Alucard's mm-hmm. weird as fuck. There, there was one part where he's like, you're just in his dream, and he's talking to a, like, you know, similar to but legally distinct from Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That scene yeah. is so weird. Like, that's like I can see why the first studio cut it because it doesn't make any fucking sense. So how are the last few episodes? Because I've not watched the whole thing, so I heard that they're great, the, but they're insane. Like it. it's completely okay. insane. Everything it's like Armageddon, it. basically. Just... Yeah, it's like it's like it's flying Nazi zombies in dirigibles, like, and it goes up from there. Okay. If you like blimps, you'd love it. I don't like. I I, I never. It's just Helsing is really hard because it's like it's great, but how? What percentage of people? Who like anime would like this? I don't even know. It's gotta be like 20-25%. I know some people really prefer the original series because it just feels more like a cohesive story, whereas Ultimate is just like, yo, shit's just gonna get crazier and more violent for seemingly well, no reason. Yeah, Helsing and Ultimate are just like Full Metal Alchemist and Brotherhood, in that one is, you know, they're an anime, you know, adaptation, and the other one is much more loyal to the source material. The problem is the source material is batshit insane. Mm-hmm. So the hell, original Helsing is a lot more conventional, and then of course it has an anime original ending, but at least it makes perfect sense. And the second one is nuts. Have you read the manga? I've read parts of it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not really big on on manga source material. I like to come in anime as it is. Because I've got the first few volumes of the manga, but the last two have been out of print forever, and that you just cannot get them. So what volumes are you? Is there an omnibus now? Oh, okay. I thought I saw one. I'd have to let me yeah. check. I'll have to check when we're done here because I could swear I saw mm. one. Well, I have volumes but, one to eight, but nine and ten are just uh, well. You can get them on Amazon if you're willing to spend hundreds of dollars, and I'm not. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's is. That's the thing is like is like. Do you like this show? Yes, I love it. Can you recommend it? I don't know. <laughs> Usually, you know the type of people that would enjoy just mindless slaughter and stupid shit. Have you seen Ultimate? I've seen it. Do you remember the scene where he crashes a SR-71 Blackbird into a, uh, a aircraft carrier and then like slowly murders a woman using her own musket? Yeah. 
Sort of. That scene is so hard to watch. Like he just he does it so slow. <laughs> Helsing, uh, Helsing does it. Alucard, whatever. Yeah, Alucard, like he gets like he you know beats her up. And he like skewers her with the musket, and he does it over like two minutes. It's just like <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think the things that I remember the most were that Ceres just becoming this really powerful demon, and then the butler guy just destroying dudes with his wires. That was like the oh, things yeah. that I really remembered. Uh, Ultimate uh, uh, Walter is a f- he's just the raging badass. He is. He's, I don't know if you guys ever played Blaze Blue, but he's basically like the the werewolf from Blaze Blue. Or maybe, you know what? No, that guy is probably inspired by him now that I think about it. Stupid. It might be. I mean, Helsing was extremely influential. Yeah. And Arc System Works loves copying from anime. All right. I'm going to talk about something. Okay, this is just a little brief aside I wanted to mention. So Snow White Notes we've talked about. I know I've mentioned that that intro was a banger. And episode six, they changed the intro. It's just goodbye. Oh, what are we talking about? Snow White Notes? Snow White Notes. Uh, my show. Oh, yeah, they changed the OP. I was outraged. I outraged. couldn't believe it. It's still burnout syndromes, but it's not as good. And, like, there's no Shamisen in this intro. What happened? I, w- I was outraged on two levels. One, it's, <laughs> it's, it's completely a downgrade from the original OP, which was incredible. And how do you make, how do you make an OP... For a show about playing the Shamisen that doesn't have any of it in it, like that made no sense. Yeah, I was literally outraged. I almost didn't watch the episode. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was watching the episode. I'm like, I can't even pay attention to what these people are saying because I'm so pissed. Uh, but I'm wondering, like, it was, like, why? Why would you even? Why, it doesn't. It's not a long running show. It doesn't need a second OP. Well, while I was watching, I'm like, is this a licensing issue? But I'm like, no, this is all new footage. They animated this for a reason. And I started thinking. Wait a minute, they blew through the first arc in one episode. What if they made that intro for the first arc before they knew how long that was going to be relevant? And they're like, well, well, now we're doing the club thing, and we got to show that. So they're just like, oh, do the new intro. I, I don't know. It's my only hypothesis. Oh, that really bugged me. I just want to bring that up. One event. Thank you. Um, other things that I'm kind of disappointed with is uh, this new season of My Hero Academia. I know it's fun to joke around about that show on this uh, podcast. And this season's been kind of like, oh, the kids are fighting each other. And it's just been kind of bleh. I don't know if you guys are watching it. Well, I got to this part in the manga and just found it so boring that I dropped it. And I thought maybe the anime will elevate it. And is that not the case? I mean, the animation's still good. It's still bones. Uh, The characters still have some personality. But it's just like, it's the jokes were never that funny. It's really just... Mm -hmm you're waiting for some stakes to happen and they kind of tease some stakes. If you read up to this point, you know that we're learning more about, you know, Midoriya's ability, but they're just kind of like touching upon it. Whereas most of the time it's all these kids are fighting and we get a little backstory on how this kid's got stronger. Or this kid new learned new ability, but it's just like two minutes for each kid. And it doesn't really do much for me. So there's so much other good stuff this season that I'm just not following it. So I've decided to wait until all the episodes are dubbed so I can just watch them with my 10-year-old son because he gets really excited, even if it's crap. Yeah. I finally just quit watching MHA entirely. I, I, I hung with it since the last episode of last season. And when this one started, I was like, I don't have it in me anymore. I fucking hate this. <laughs> mm. I don't think it's going to be boring forever, but just currently, I'm just like, all right, let's, let's get going. See, I've read about some of the stuff that happens in the more recent chapters in the manga, and it, looks, and it sounds really interesting. So I will come back to this, because I, I do like this show a lot. It's just sometimes it's a bit dull. 
Yeah, because the season started with um, Hawks, I think his name is, and just yeah. like, oh, well, is he a good guy or a bad guy? And like some of the stuff with the villains, what are they planning? And I guess we're just kind of waiting for that to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So it feels like filler, honestly. It just feels like filler. It fucking is filler. Yeah. Is it? The anime is like 70% filler. No, but like well, the current arc is in the manga, though. Okay, ma- the manga's going to have filler, too. Mm. That doesn't, no, that's not how that works. The, the spin-off manga is pretty good, the Vigilantes one. In fact, I sometimes prefer that to the original. Uh, are there any familiar characters in it? Um, yeah, um, the teacher guy with um, with the eyes. What's his name again? Teacher oh. guy with the eyes, gotcha. <laughs> and the bandages. Eraser guy? Eraser guy, yeah, him. Whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, he, he's in it. Um, it's kind of like a prequel, so it's kind of set oh. before then. And, it, and it's got like the speedy guy's big brother. I can't remember any of their names. It's been ages since I've watched it. This is crap, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> it's fine. But anyway, it's fun. Yeah, but not the current season. You, if you don't have time, feel free to wait and binge with your son. That's our official take. Yeah. Uh, speaking of binging with your son, uh, we're watching Moriarty. And we haven't really talked a lot about Moriarty on this podcast, I don't believe. And it's doing some stuff this season. Yeah, uh, bananas. I don't want to spoil it, but I really want to spoil it. Uh, <laughs> if you're not watching Moriarty, it is basically you know James, the, the James Bond universe, but kind of told from the perspective of James Moriarty, who in this universe is three, maybe five people, yeah. <laughs> but mostly one. It's really um, convoluted. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, it's so loose. Like the first part, the first uh, half, the first core was kind of tangentially related to, sh- to the Sherlock Holmes. And now it's just like, all right, we're just add this character. We're adding Jack the Ripper. We're adding Redacted, which I'm not going to spoil because it's too good. And then <laughs> whoever the villain is, they re- revealed last week. I'm- oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. We have to bleep that out. <laughs> whoever, you said it. Whoever really said it, bleep that out. That, that, that bad guy, um, he's he's from Sherlock Holmes, and if you've watched the BBC version with Benedict Cumberbatch in it, he's a pretty prominent bad guy from that. I had a feeling. Yeah. And then there was Godzilla, Godzilla versus Moriarty. Yeah, I couldn't believe was a great episode. Well, the budget on that episode, just like so many explosions. The he's CG, alive. though, was horrible. I can't believe they did that. Oh, it's a TV budget. Yeah. Everyone who watches, like, nobody watches this show, but everyone who does goes, oh my god, it's great. It's going to be one of those underrated gems, I think, that goes... I, I love this show. It's so trashy. It's, it's not moy enough. That's why people don't watch it. Well, if you like pretty boys, it's house. full of pretty boys. Yeah, it is. And, and a pretty lady who pretends to be a pretty boy. Yep. We're spoiling everything. Yeah, just bleep <laughs> that out. Pre- bleep whatever word in that sentence you think is most relevant. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of a way to sell it without coming off as like, I'm not taking this guy's recommendation. It's, um, if you've watched like production IG before, and like they used to do a lot of mature, serious shows that like had some ridiculous elements to it. This is one of those, I guess. Maybe it's the best thing I could say. All right, Mm. let's move on. I'm going to try and talk about things that we can't spoil. Um, Robotech, that's old. Let's spoil that. All right. Uh, well, yeah, I think Robotech is, is in the clear zone. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the last podcast, um, you guys discussed um, Macross and how um, the legal issues of that have been resolved, so it's probably going to get re-released. 
So uh, yesterday I would I was shopping because the shops in Scotland are now open, hooray! And so what? I went to our local shops called CEX. Well, I mean, the people who own it want you to call it Sex, but I do not want to say that I, I went to the Sex shop to buy a DVD because that's creepy. <laughs> Um, I anyway, I, they had the complete Robotech collection with all like 85 episodes or something. I was like, ooh. ooh. So I bought it and then immediately watched several episodes of it with my uh, 10 year old son who really quite liked it. Um, it's good. It's, it, it, people say, like, oh, it's Robotech. It's, it's, a, it's a horrible adaptation. They, they ruined it, but it's it's fine. It's a kid's show. It's, um, it is yeah, good. no, Robotech, Robotech is a terrible adaptation, but it's not an adaptation. It's its own show cobbled together. It's kind of like Power Rangers, right? Yeah, it's, it's exactly like Power Rangers. They they cobbled together something from the Japanese, you know, dubbed it over, and then made a different show out of it. And it's great. It's great on its own. It's yeah. its own thing. It's amazing how well they were able to tell a story out of pieces of three shows, one of which is not related to the other two at all, by the way. Well, well they don't mix them up. I mean, they run them concurrently, so... All of Macross runs for however many episodes it ran for, like thirty or something, thirty something, and then there's whatever there was at Genesis. Yes. Other, well, must be the you know Genesis Clamor. That was the third one. The second one was a uh, Southern Cross. Ah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So yeah, but like considering that you know they're you know they're just cutting and mashing stuff together and dubbing it over, it worked pretty well as a kid show, especially when I was a kid. Robotech was the shit. Yeah, and like episode three or four had like a naked shower scene in it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe they reinstated that for the DVD. I don't know. Guessing that yeah, was not on Fox. That was. Yeah, I don't remember that being on the the old version I saw on like channel eight at five thirty uh, in the morning. Yeah, Min May gets her clothes off. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, what? I mean, the original show was a romance. Well, you know, I watched like a few episodes of this when I was like I don't know, like nine or ten years old or something. Is it used to show on cable TV in the UK at like six thirty in the morning on a Saturday? So if I was up at that ungodly hour, then I would go and watch that and maybe like Captain Harlock or something. Um, and and it would be like you know middle episodes of like massively long running shows, and I'd have absolutely no idea what was going on. But stuff blew up, so it was fine. Starship, uh, Starship, what was it? Space Battleship Yamamoto. Yamamoto. That, God, I love that show when I was a kid. Yamamoto. Star Blazers, we called it here. But. Yep. So we didn't get that in the UK, um, but the the remake's available. You can stream that on Funimation. It's incredible. I, I think there's a third season of the remake in the works. Yeah, there is. It, it, it's fantastic. At least the first season is anyway. 2202 um, is pretty good. Yeah, I it was just it. So, it was so spaced out, like you'd watch three OVAs a year for like four years. Mm-hmm. And then just like, I don't remember what happened last year, but uh, the animation was incredible the whole time. And I liked it overall. Super shiny. And my, my son, he just adored it. We would like watch an episode or two before bed. He's like, can we watch another one, Dad? Like, no, you have to go to sleep. <laughs> the second season, um, 2202, that had some like real familial things with like people having kids that like hit you a little harder. Mm-hmm. I didn't think twi- I didn't think the second one was quite as, as good. It wasn't such a cohesive story. Um, I agree. Yeah. But, you know, I'm still looking forward to the third one whenever it comes out. Because yeah, I need to my, watch those, but I never got around to it. Well, when we were watching Robotech, one of my son's first uh, first comments was, "It looks like Yamato." <laughs> well, yeah, they, they do look pretty similar. There's that very distinct, like late seventies and early to mid eighties anime style that, mm-hmm. even if you try to redo it now, you can't do it quite right because it can only it only works if you hand draw it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think Megalobox is like the closest to coming to that look. It's very yeah. difficult to do unless you hand draw the animation, yeah. And we, they just don't design anime like that anymore. No. It's, it's not uh, financially uh, stable. Megalobox doesn't really have much mecha stuff in it, really, though. It doesn't look quite the same. But... Hmm. Well, like, they, they upscale and then descale the resolution to make it look kind of blurry, and then, like, use a yeah. thick line art to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there's the way the faces were drawn. Like, they weren't as simplified and pointy. They were a little more, almost a little more realistic. Mm-hmm. It's a cool era. Yeah, that Minmay story reminds me of when I bought a DVD, not a DVD, God, this is a VHS of Ramana. Oh, yeah. Just random episodes, and then they had a, a shampoo shower scene on it. It caught me completely off guard. <laughs> shampoo I was like, was like my I literally favorite. spit water out of my mouth. Shampoo is my favorite Ramana character when I was a teenager. Um, shampoo is responsible for many young awakenings for. <laughs> She was so annoying when they introduced her, and slowly she just grows on you. But at first, I'm just like, Jesus, character. Oh, man, that was... Uh, she was fucking hot, though. <laughs> we never got Rama the anime in the UK. I got the manga, and I got the Super Nintendo game. Nice. Um, I, I never I, got the anime at all? Like, there's so much no, of it. it no, and it never even came out on disc. I think <laughs> that two of the movies came out, but the TV series never did. Um, and I'm not sure it's ever been available to stream legally here either. It's not Funimation now. Is it? It, it is hmm. here. Hmm. I don't think it's available here. There's some kind of funny rights issues. Wait, so you got you guys got Yurisa Yatsura, but you didn't get Rama? We did. So Yurisa Yatsura was translated by a company called Anime Ego, um, who also operate yeah. in the US. And they, they released it on VHS here. I still have some of my VHS tapes. That's so fucking weird. Like, Rama's so, so much more popular than URSI. I think URSI probably had a cheaper license. Well, yeah. I, I could see that. So, you know, they probably only produced maybe like a thousand of each tape or something. Um, I prefer URSI. I mean, of all of her properties, all the Rumiko properties, that's my favorite. So, a couple of those movies are just amazing. So good. The TV series is pretty funny as well. I thought so. Yeah. Speaking of the streaming, uh, I know Hajime no Ippo, like season four was on Crunchyroll and they had just finally added all the other seasons. So like you can actually start it if you've never watched it before. I have never seen that. Yeah, it's a really good boxing anime. Probably one of my favorite sports ones. The Mm. ending's kind of a downer if I remember correctly. Well, it doesn't (laughs) end yet. They haven't, it never ended. What was I thinking of then? Well, the most re- recent ending, the voice cat actors for the two old guys passed away. So they did like a flashback thing for them. And like you see them during the war period, like how they became like, you know, what they were doing in the war period, like the their boxing matches and everything. So it was pretty cool. But yeah, it never actually ended. You may be thinking of Ashita no Joe, Rick. Yeah, um, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that, that's what Megalobox is taking its kind of cues from. So I think so everyone's like, the second season is so depressing. I'm like, yeah, because it's Champion Joe. Hmm. Champion Joe ends really badly. It's pretty famous. Damn, hmm. I didn't know that. Really? Come I, on. I need, I need to watch it one of these days. It's on my list. The the, the last image of Champion Joe is. Oh, is wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it, it is not a spoiler. That thing's like 30 years old. I've never seen it. I'm sorry. I don't go to the same websites as you. Yeah, I don't really know what happens at the end either, other than it's, it's apparently not good. So. <laughs> We're not with it like you are. We're not hip. No. I don't know all these things. Yeah, I'm super hip with my 80s anime references. Remember Votoms? No, nobody does. 
I've heard of it, but again, it didn't come out in the UK because we're like sort of third world of, of anime licensing here. Very sad. Alright, what else we got here? Um, so, yeah, I, I was talking to different people about anime that just happened to this weekend, and uh, my brother-in-law, a couple years ago, he was just always in the shonens. He was just watching uh, Dragon Ball Z, and then he started watching Fairy Tale. I'm just like, why would you do that? And then he was watching some other, like Bleach. But now he's starting to get into other things. I think maybe Demon Slayer might have been a gateway for him. He's like, oh, there's other shows that have like more interesting writing and stuff. So I told him to watch uh, Vivi because he, mm. liked, uh, he likes Attack on Titan. I'm like, well, it's the same studio. And I'm just like, it's kind of a stretch, but I'm going to do it anyways. And he, I think he's going to watch it. So I was just curious if you guys ever trying to like recommend anime to other people that aren't really into stuff and like... Uh, what does it take to get people to watch, you know, some of the more interesting things that fly under the radar? I had a friend who's not much into anime, but I showed him Attack on Titan. He thought that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got the, like the DVDs for the series that I hadn't shown him. Um, but like, yeah, most of my friends, cause I'm a bit older now, people aren't that open to things like anime that much. And it's like cartoons, they're for children. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of harder now. Sometimes try and convince my wife to watch stuff. Well, you do watch stuff with her already, right? Yeah, but not that often. Maybe like one or two things a year if I'm lucky. Mm. Um, you watch a Moriarty with her? No, I'm not really watching any of the current things with her. I, I did watch like an episode of Sleepy Princess with her because I thought she'd find it funny. I think she just found it confusing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. I thought we could watch this together, darling. Obviously not. Darling. Speaking of which, I liked in uh, one of the recent Rumakun episodes where he goes, Tuya! Oh, yeah. Rumakun is fantastic. I love that show. Rumakun is the best. It's so funny. Even if I'm like feeling really like grumpy, they put on an episode of that and I'm like giggling all the way through. Clara is is the gift queen. Yeah. Everything she does is a gift, basically. It's fucking great. A gift and a gift. I, I like much, being yeah. the the head girl, what was her uh, Amory. She's I, she's wonderful. I love her. <laughs> Great. It's interesting what they're doing with her. I didn't watch the latest episode, but uh, yeah. you can kind of tell where it's going from the preview. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the show isn't like it never gives you any great swerves with the storyline. It's just really amusing to watch these guys. You know, mm. I love that they they made him. Because, like, the human at Monster School thing has been done a few other times. Like, Rosario and oh, Vampire yeah. was another example. This is the best one I've ever seen. Like, they're making him super popular. <laughs> I feel like... me up every time. I feel like if Yu Yu Hakusho came out today, it would have eventually gone to a Demon School arc. But we never got Oh, there. oh yeah. Almost definitely. And it would have looked completely different. Yeah, it wouldn't look as good. And they probably would have focused on his uh, romance a lot more. More? You think they go even more? I mean, they didn't really focus on it that much in Yu Yu. Uh, they would pull away from it for dozens of episodes. Like she was like she was really like a tertiary character, but it was still great. Some of my favorite romances in a shonen ever. Hmm. You can get that last scene, the very end of the show. It's fucking great. We can spoil that. You know, he meets her on the beach after he comes back from, you know, being gone in the demon world for several years. Right. He's trying to think of what to say to her, and she just grabs him and, like, shoves her tongue down his throat. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's hot. 
<laughs> they're just great. Like, I can't she, remember what the whole point of the tournament was now anymore. You're supposed to get, like, if you win, you get, like, a wish. Yeah. Yep. It was mostly just, uh, like, she got more with him and his mentor character, who's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, she is. Need more old ladies in anime. More old ladies that can whip your ass. Mm-hmm. And then here I am, uh, redacted age, and I'm just like going up the stairs. I'm like, why? How do all the old anime ladies do it? My knees <laughs> hurt. You tell me. <laughs> all right, all right. What we got left here? Um, you know, I just watched uh, the latest episode of Tokyo Revengers yesterday. So, mm. Dr. Kev, what do you think? Did you catch up? So, I just started watching this yesterday and like binged all five episodes. It's great. <laughs> I think the writing is a little iffy at times. Like they take liberties with time travel, like all time travel stories do. Um, um, but it's it's fun to watch and follow. I I just I really like this kind of story. So I like Erased, and this is a lot like Erased. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like I've said that a few times. Yeah, I mean, one of my very favorite manga is by a guy called uh, Jiro Taniguchi. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he he wrote a series called A Distant Neighborhood. And there's about a guy in his, I don't know, middle age who finds himself waking up in the body of his teenage self again. And he gets a chance to go and fix all of the mistakes that he felt that he made. And I think, you know, the older you get, the more this kind of story is attractive to you. And I think Rick maybe mentioned this in the last podcast. But yeah, you do t- tend to um, you collect regrets as you get older. So this kind of story is quite powerful. This guy's basically just ruined his life by getting involved with the wrong people and then just making some terrible mistakes and how he's got a chance to go back and fix it and maybe save the lives of his friends as well. That's a very intoxicating kind of concept to me. And I think so far it's been, it's done fairly well. Um, uh, The the characters are fun. Um, I quite like how horrified he is when he wakes up in his, uh, in his TV <laughs> he looks cell. at his hair. He's, yeah, he's like, what the hell is this? He's like, what is this? Oh, I wear these hair. pants. <laughs> no, no, it's so true, though. It's like you forget how ridiculous you were as a teenager. I yeah. saw a picture of me from in high school, and you remember those giant pants they sold on Hot Topic? And I'm just yeah. like, dude, you can't even see my shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see pictures of me in high school, and I'm like, did I wear jean shorts every day? I had nothing to carry. Nothing. I had a wallet. I did. There were no cell phones back then. What do I need those pockets for? Candy, probably. <laughs> the other anime it reminds me a lot of is that Reclamos one, Gungrave. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Minus I the guess. time travel, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the the zombie apocalypse and all that sort of stuff. But Gungrave is mostly a story about two best friends who sort of grow up together, uh, but enter sort of organized crime and end up bitter enemies with one another. But, it, you know, a lot of the story is just set up about their relationship and it's quite slow moving and it's just, it's, it's incredible. Right, and then it all goes a bit batshit mental, but um, it's that kind of character building aspect to it that remind you know, this, this show reminds me a lot of. It blew my mind that they took that three hour arcade game and they turned it into one of the best animes of its time. Just oh, like, absolutely. Gungrave? Gungrave yeah. is not one of the greatest anime. Of its time, when it came out. It's I awful. One of the best. Gungrave is fantastic. It's it's so it's unbelievably slow, and the and the dub is horrific. His name is Brandon. Brandon yeah, yeah. Heed. Don't watch it's the dub. You, you know that's a bad thing to do. But so, the, the relationship was good, and the Pound Max, that was my name in so many places. That was my nickname. Pound Max, like, that's, come on. Talking about it's so anime, stupid, though. I love it. 
talking about anime I watched with my wife. I watched that one with my wife. She really liked that one. Okay, well, wreck wrong. There you <laughs> go. My wife was right with me, and she thought it was ridiculous. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess my wife coming from like a big Catholic family, the whole sort of mafioso kind of thing, just, she felt right at home. I'm Italian. The mafioso's name was Big Daddy. <laughs> so, I can't take that seriously. It was a Sega arcade game. It should be. You need to get in and out, boom. It's like, how do we adapt these boilerplate characters? All right, we're just going to write a very deep narrative about friendship. And yeah. it worked. <laughs> you don't get me wrong. A narrative about like two best friends slowly becoming enemies is always going to work to some degree. Mm. Uh, two things that. I love about Revengers that they've introduced. I love that when he time travels in real time, he's just out. He's in a coma. Yeah. So he can't. He doesn't get to just jump back to the same moment he left. I love that, and I yeah. love that he has to deal with the consequences of dumbass version of him being in charge of his body when he's not there. I I really hope we get an episode that just shows a uh, kid version of him how he would act and what, like what's going on. How is he getting into these situations? Did you see the most recent episode? I did, and I'm he like, he jumps in. And he's like, "What the fuck happened here?" I'm like, "Why are you leaving, dude? <laughs> you nah, should, he should leave." Around. He's got like the best girl on earth. Hina is fantastic. Like she I would is, jump back is. in time for a woman of that quality. She's a wonderful character. She is. She beat his ass. It was great. <laughs> the fact that he has to deal like, when he comes back, he has to deal with the fact that while he was gone, dumbass fourteen year old version of him was in charge. I don't know how dumbass version of him ended up getting into that situation. Very well, cute. the girl told you she just she was just trying to make the air guy jealous, so she picked someone from you know that would bother him. I guess so. Oh god, the show is so good. It's got so many layers to it. I really love it. Yeah, and I hate time travel stuff, so this works. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like it. Uh, we had one more thing we wanted to talk about. Oh, you know what? Shadows House. Let's talk about that. Uh, it's good. I don't really know what to say. It's so it's different. Brilliant. It has an interesting, interesting. What's the word? Um, theatrical sort of way of telling the story presentation uh, yeah um Requiem, what would you say about it well we should probably let doc talk about it since he wrote the first impressions article do we want to okay you, yeah, sure. you're probably more versed with it right now so go go for it yeah um it's 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 a bit spooky but not not because it's like a ghost story or anything like that but just because the the situation the characters find themselves in is so abnormal um, and you know they don't know what's going on. Uh, nobody seems to know what's going on. There's all these kind of weird rules that they have to abide by, and it's just it's so odd. And they're like the the human characters are, are so kind of almost like de- depersonalized. They're kind of robbed of their agency by these weird shadow people who are using them as basically puppets. And it's, it's just so wrong. The shadow um, people are all so weird. Like they're all yeah. so different, and the fact that they all speak in the third person creeps me out. Yes, well, it really does. I only really noticed that in the most recent episodes. Like, well, yeah, they are. They're not. They don't say I or me. It's always they use their first names, which I don't know if that's meant to be infantile or just creepy. I I don't know. I think it's supposed to reflect their lack of personalization. It's like yeah. how much of their personality is the doll. Uh huh. Except the dolls have their own personality, which just makes it. I I was watching this. The reason I was thinking about it, like. Imagine sitting down and coming up with this. Mm. Like I, I can't compare it to any other show because I can't. Like it doesn't, it doesn't compare to anything other than like you said, like a creepy Victorian version of Upstairs mm. Downstairs. Yeah, I mean, you know, only with with a weird dark shadows house. 
Yeah. So I, I was watching the most recent episode of this yesterday, and my daughter was in the room, and she just she hadn't seen any of it, and her eyes were just sort of glued to it. And then she's like, "How many episodes in is this?" I said, "I'm going to start watching this." <laughs> I was surprised that the debut hit in the middle of the se- the season instead right. of at the end. I thought that was going to be a thing that was with a finale. I, I don't know. Have you read any of the manga? I have no. I'd never heard oh, yeah. of it until we talked about it on the preview episode. I was like, no, "Well, this neither. looks weird as hell." Yeah, it's it's been good. It's got such a weird tone to it as well. It's like you know the the main character is so kind of peppy and happy for all these sort of. She's in a horrible situation. <laughs> it's just so it's so it's so singular as a show that like I find it really really fascinating. Mm. Like I because I. When you watch as much anime as I have, as you, you know, I know you in the same position. You've seen thousands of episodes of anime. You, yeah. Like it's hard to be surprised anymore. Mm-hmm. So when a show like like this happened last season with Deck a couple of seasons ago with Decadence, when it mm-hmm. surprises me, I always like or I don't I can't predict what's going to happen. I it makes it way more interesting. Yeah, I don't know where this show is going or or anything because it's it's holding its cards so close to its chest, and that makes it interesting. Uh, I hope they don't tell us what's actually going on. Like, oh, how they explain why these people are just like no faces or bodies mm-hmm. and all this soot is coming out. I of can't them. see them like sitting down and doing an exposition dump in this show. Like, it's just not going to happen. I'm sure the information will come, but it'll be sort of fairly organic, I expect. But, I so. it, it does have a, a real kind of Promise Neverland vibe to it, um, partly because it's the same production company. So the character designs are also fairly kind of similar. Eh, Clover um, works, works on everything nowadays. Yeah, but um, that's fucking true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ho- hopefully it doesn't end up with a shitty second season that ruins everything. <laughs> yeah, the OP and the ED are great too. Yeah, especially the the ending song. It's it's really good. It's quite. It's um, so fucking good. Mm. I li- and I like it's the- also incredibly creepy. Yeah, it, it evokes a really creepy mood. Um, yeah. That's what's fascinating about the show is that it manages to be creepy all the time without anything like supernatural or creepy actually happening. It's just because it's a big, you know, Victorian house that's dark all the time and you don't know what the fuck is happening. It hinges on the fact that you don't know anything, whereas like there's no actual deaths. So they had that, uh, I don't know, the last couple episodes, they had that one moment where like, oh, uh, what happened to this character? And then, nope, doesn't matter. So it'll be interesting to find out if something actually did happen and maybe she got replaced with another model or something. Models should not worry about trivial matters. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's not like a good time yeah, to just watch it. Up? I like, just watch that show. Everybody should watch it. Shadow's House, what are we talking about? I need to do that. I need to repeat the anime after we start talking about it. Um, yeah, let's uh, go into a little bit of news and then we'll have a little bit of discussion on some old anime. Um pretty we get a little late in there but uh let's see who wants to talk about the new dragon ball movie yay no so i only know <laughs> i only know that super broly was good i didn't watch it but i know a lot of people that did loved it and then uh, this is going to be the reinterpretation of cooler's story which i never watched i never watched, i never saw in the original anime movies so i guess if you're a fan uh they did good with Broly, so maybe they'll do good with this too. Where did you get that it was going to be the redo of the Cooler movie? I don't see that in the announcement. Talked to my brother-in-law, and he was like way into it. He could be wrong, though. There are definitely times when uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <clears throat> All I know is that Akira Toriyama is in charge of the screenplay. 
was in he usually like he's not writing it, but he's just like overseeing it. Well, it says he's actually writing it this time. Oh, it says he's leading the story and dialogue production. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, it does say it'll feature an unexpected character. I guess that could be cooler. You know what? Maybe my brother. I wouldn't expect cooler. Thing. He was like reading some forum and he read like one post on Reddit. It's just like, yep, this is the official thing. I hope not. Make me look like a fool. Oh, people anyway, still watch Dragon Ball, so yeah, twenty twenty two. That's uh slated for. Um, we got a new Made in Abyss anime is coming. I need to watch that movie. I hear it's horribly depressing, and then I know Overlord is also getting a fourth season, uh, which I think I'll be very watching. Depressing. I don't know about Overlord, man. That let... you, you can't root for the character anymore. No, you you, you can. He's I mean, monsters, right? I feel like he's been like the character, the, the guy who was from our world is basically gone. Like the character doesn't exist. He's just he's in there somewhere. He gave, he gave up being himself and he just became the evil guy. Like, but he was basically committing like genocide out there. Yeah. He has no morals anymore. What is he even doing? What's his purpose? It's his goal. Like yeah. at least you could you could kind of defend uh, Rimuru in Slime because he's you know what he's trying to do. He's trying to defend his people and resurrect the people who died. So you don't have to agree with it, but you understand that. Well, I don't even know what the fuck the guy's doing anymore in Overland. He's just killing people because he thinks he's supposed to. I remember it being slightly more justified than Rimuru. I don't know. Rimuru seemed like a really personal thing that he was doing, whereas in Overlord he had like some kind of goal where he just wanted to like get to the end game. But yeah, he doesn't really seem like a human anymore. I don't know. It's like when he, when the adventurers got inside his dungeon thing and he killed all of them, you like. That doesn't fit the character at all. The kid, like you, I, you expect him to find some way to let him go, let them go, while still maintaining his cover as this guy, and he just kills them. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not sure. What am I? How am I rooting for this character at this point? I think the main bad guy in the Made in Abyss movie has more redeeming features than the main character in Overlord, and that's really saying something. Made in Abyss is so weird because it's so bright and drawn in like almost like a children's bookstore, and then it's mm-hmm. horrible. I feel and like I, don't even, and I love it though. I don't even understand why I like this show because I don't like downer narratives. Shows mm-hmm. that are like bad things happen to people. I don't like that kind of show for the most part. I don't. I don't watch entertainment to be depressed. But Made in Abyss is so good that I end up. I think it's because not... like the, the two main characters are still like, you know, they're still positive people. For me, it's the world building. The world is just incredible. I love seeing like what's going to happen next when they go down to the next floor. What's it going to be? And just the way it's directed, the tension, it just works really well. And of course, they're kids, so you get that childish innocence mixed with just like horrible stakes. <laughs> it's just, it works super well. So that the movie is just, it's so good. And it fits very well into this time span of, of a film. It's just, you know, that, that particular section of the manga, it, 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 it tells it very well. The anime elevates it because I find the manga very difficult to follow. Um, it, it's quite it's quite dark. It, it's done with um, with sort of it's, it's basically painted with ink, um, and it, it can be really difficult to tell what's going on in each panel. But the the anime clarifies it so well, and you know they must have spent a shit ton of money on that movie because it looks fantastic. So what? the um, the the upcoming TV show, the second season. Um, I mean, I I've been reading. I'm up to date with the manga, and I I can't make head nor tail of what the hell's going on in it. So I'm looking forward to the anime actually explaining what the hell I've just read. Um, I mean, whatever I've read, it looks very gooey and squishy and um, 
full of bodily fluids. Um, so you know, yeah, that I, sounds like Made in Abyss. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of gooey, squishy stuff. <laughs> I think the guy who writes it is mentally unwell. <laughs> uh, wouldn't surprise me. He's going to end up in prison one of these days. Uh, I know one of my friends wouldn't watch it because he uh, thought it was very uh, pedophilic. And I'm just like, I, well, I, I can see that where people would be uncomfortable with the, the nudity, but I mean, it never seems sexualized to me. No. The, the, the anime tones that down a lot, but in the manga, there's quite a lot of quite uncomfortable uh, images of prepubescent girls. It's like, mm, no. <laughs> no that yeah, the good. anime was, was wise to tone it down. Yeah, there there are too many nipples in in the, the manga. Mm. I just seem to remember at least one joke in the anime where uh, Reg got an erection. But other than that, <laughs> all right. Just, um, can, we, can we get to the part like like the scene where she got her arm cut off was less uncomfortable. Okay, I want to talk about this. and that was extremely uncomfortable. Yes, it was. And then They're she got wrong. like wizened and gross and gangrene. Oh man, that. It's the detail. It's the detail they put into it that makes it so. Yeah, there gross. are there are more disturbing scenes like that coming up. I'm afraid. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I want them to get to the bottom, and the bottom is like, you know, the treasure is the friends you made along the way. I don't know about the bottom, but they do find a lot of interesting looking orifices on the way. So, <laughs> so many, so many orifices. That should be the title of this episode. <laughs> sure. Yes, it has no relevance, but it's definitely the title. Episode so, eight, hey, so many orifices. Not enough. Let's talk about what really got us into watching anime hardcore. Why did we go from watching Sailor Moon to watching 20 shows a day? How'd that happen? <laughs> That's a really good question. I don't know. Do any of you guys have answers? I guess I could start. Um, go for it. I, when I was a... <clears throat> When I was graduating wow. high school, we didn't have Cartoon Network. We didn't have any of that stuff. No streaming, no any of that stuff. 2002, I think it was. And I had we had Fox Kids. So like I knew Sailor Moon, and I knew original Dragon Ball. I knew what Dragon Ball Z was, but I thought it was super lame. Like I used to be super against Shonen stuff in any form. And I think I watched like one season of Pokemon. And none of that really got me super excited. But I knew I wanted to go to college for art. For whatever reason, I don't know what it was. Um, and I was way into Power Rangers. So I think Power Rangers are actually what got me into it. Like the, obviously it's not animated, but it has that same feel. You get like that, like this just feels weird. Something about this feels weird, whether it's the sound effects or the setting. And then when I got to college, I had Cartoon Network and I saw, I think a lot of people have this story, Cowboy Bebop and FLCL and Read or Die. And like all these shows are coming in at the same time. And on top of that, I got a job at GameStop and we started selling anime DVDs. So I got like, oh shit, what's it called? Uh, Full Metal Panic. I watched oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Razafon. Just a bunch of shows that were coming out at the time. And um, New Type Magazine had a bunch of preview discs like every time. And since I worked at GameStop, I just took that thing home because they were free. We didn't, we didn't have an inventory. So it was just like all that at once kind of just combined. And then, of course, my coworker told me about Torrance. And I'm like, oh, I see. And then uh, the rest is just <laughs> So you watched Ra Zephon. Yeah, I can't tell you a thing about it. I think there was oh, a white mech it. in it. I was like, can you please explain to me what happened in that show? There was a white mech. Was it an isekai? I forget. <laughs> and it, it, 
it was so weird because it wasn't Isekai, but it kind of was. Yeah. Because, like, the weird alien people who look exactly like us but have blue blood, mm-hmm. like, set up a bubble around Tokyo, which basically caused it to be a different world than ours because it was time dilated. You seem to remember a lot more than I do. Because uh, I watched it twice trying to figure out what the fuck happened. I still don't really understand. I watched it a third time. I need, like, an end of Raziophon. <laughs> end of Raziophon. Raziophon rebuild. Yeah. So, yeah. For me, it was just like all those things at once. And even now, I would say those are some of my favorite shows. Uh, inspired me as an artist. And it's just like, you know, I don't have to watch 24 anymore. I'm sick of this Jack Bauer guy. I'm just going to watch these stupid high school kids with magic powers. And Bleach. Bleach is a big deal, too. Well, Bleach is still just high school kids with stupid powers. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. That was the first Shonen thing that I, Shonen Battle anime that I ever like liked. Because, I, again, I, skip, I just skipped Dragon Ball Z and watched it years later. What about you guys? Go ahead, Doc. All okay. Um, I'm, I'm a bit older than hybrid by the signs of it, because all the stuff that you were just talking about was stuff that came out when I was at university. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, so uh, go ahead. The first thing I remember that I, that I knew was anime was... Um, on UK television, they showed uh, Miyazaki's uh, Laputa Castle in the Sky um, on like TV one Saturday morning. I just happened to watch it and thought, that's amazing. Um, and then shortly after that was on, my, my family moved to a city because before that I lived in a very rural Scotland, um, basically middle of nowhere. Um, and when we moved to the city, we got cable television. And you know, in the UK, there were there were four terrestrial TV channels at that point. So with cable TV, suddenly there was like I don't know forty channels or something. I was like, wow! And some some of those channels showed the occasional anime. So there were like you know some things like Robotech that would was shown like on a Saturday morning, and then there was like the home video channel that would show like deeply inappropriate animal uh, anime OVAs that I probably shouldn't have watched at age like nine or however old I was. Things like um, Lensman and Lock the Superman and Gal Force, which were all quite bloody and violent and incoherent. And most of the time, like, it was only, like, part of the story. So, like, things like Gal Force, you know, for a long time, I didn't realise that all I had seen was episode one. I just thought it ended with a planet exploding. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's a creative ending. And I didn't realise it had, like, multiple episodes afterwards. Um the- I was like with me with the original Dragon Ball, where they just like they showed Goku standing there, and they like superimposed a cell of a flower over his uh, junk, and it's just like <laughs> the cell was constantly it was zooming out, so the cell was just like constantly shifting every single frame, and I was mm. like, this is how they end this series. This is weird, but no, so, apparently there's the tournament arc and everything after that, all that. So. Yeah. so we didn't really get Dragon Ball in the UK till I was probably in my twenties. I mean, I, I I knew about it because I had like Asian friends who were like, Dragon Ball's amazing. And they would say that like for years, and I'd be like, "Yeah, well, I I can't watch that." Yeah. And so it, I was a bit too old to appreciate that. But then you know things like Ran Mahaf was was fun. You know, to read the the comics and play the video game and Urusai Yatsura as well. That was very funny. And then you know when I went to university after I graduated, I suddenly had some money, and that's when DVDs came out. I was like, "Ooh, DVDs!" And I just like bought every anime DVD that I could find. And ended up a reprobate, and here we are. So, what was the show that really 
turned you? Um, I mean, in, in the 1990s, the like manga entertainment kind of released lots and lots of VHS anime. So, like, Project Echo was amazing. <laughs> Project Echo. That was so funny. And, the one know, where they always carry the ladies over their shoulders and they show their butts? Uh, was that not every anime? Um, yeah, that's a lot of 80s anime. Echo was a, was a parody. It was a satire yeah. on 80s anime. But it, it even works, even if you don't know anything about anime. It's still funny. That, that's the thing. But the more anime you know, the funnier it is. So I have gone back to it. You know, later, and watched it. Um, I, mean, I think I watched it with like my kids, <laughs> and they thought it was funny too. Um, the sequels are not so funny, but the first one is amazingly good. Um, Dominion Tank Police, I like that one too. Ah, uh, yeah, that was the one with the little tank, and sort of lots of stuff explodes. That was good, and of course there was Akira. Never heard of it. That, <laughs> that showed on British TV. I think sort of early to mid nineties. I remember having special permission to stay up till uh, like one in the morning or something to 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 watch that. Um, and that that I didn't have a clue what was going on, but it was great. <laughs> so yeah, vi- lots of violent things. And then you know, as a teenager, the you know, Legend of the Overfiend. All of my friends watched that. Wait, Jesus! <laughs> broke me for life. <laughs> oh my God! How do you ever eat squid or octopus? I don't. <laughs> because of that show. Thank God I was I was at least you know I was at least a teenager when I saw Legend of Overveen. Well, I was a teenager as well, probably about fourteen or fifteen or something. But um, oh dear. We're just I mean, watching it, we... like my mouth open, like what the fuck. I mean, the versions we got in the UK were heavily cut, um, but even with that, they were still horrific. Um. Yeah, I I have since, as an adult, seen the uncut versions just out of curiosity, and you know, I I, I imported the DVDs, watched them once, was like, well, I'm not keeping them in my house, and gave them away. Smart. <laughs> I love that the UK got Eurosoki Doji, but didn't get Dragon Ball. Yeah, but we what did eventually. What an odd choice to make. We got it on like Cartoon Network or something. But in the 1990s, anime was was like edgy sex cartoons with tentacles you know it had a really really bad rep and that was mainly because that that's what manga video wanted because then they would get teenagers and people in their early 20s are you know buying this stuff and they made a lot of money um but it did mean that for a long time anime was looked down on as being this sort of really kind of filthy habit basically no, I mean, I get it. Like, the, you sell La Blue Girl and Bible Black, you're going to sell a lot of them because horny teenagers are going to buy them. But We never got La Blue Girl. It was... Uh, <laughs> the BBFC would not allow that to pass. Yeah, yeah you didn't miss much. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have watched it anyway. Uh, after watching uh, The Overfiend, I was like, yeah, I'm not watching anything like that ever again. <laughs> no, thank you. But, yeah. Anime, anime licensing back then was such a fucking crapshoot. Mm-hmm. There was, like, remember that? Remember back in the days when there was like five or six anime license companies. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, there's like two now. It's Funimation and whoever this month is. Yeah, it's basically it's, there's Crunny, there's Funimation and Crunchyroll, which are going to be the same company soon, and like mm. Sentai, and like Anaplex, and then you're yeah. done. Oh, there you've is got, still Viz. You've got right stuff in the U- US as well. 
Viz pretty much only doesn't don't they only basically license anime of their manga though? I don't know, maybe. I think because of Viz's weird licensing, that's why we never got Ranma in the UK. Um, in fact, for a long time, you couldn't get any of Viz's comics in the UK either because of international licensing law. So when I wanted to buy like Viz manga, I had to buy it like off of eBay from people in America and then pay massive shipping charges to get it here. Damn. All right, we're going on a little long. Rec, what do you got? What got you into this weird medium? Yeah, I, so I've been trying to think of this ever since you you said this was going to be the main topic. It's I'm so old now that it's so hard to remember. Like, was there? There wasn't like. It's not like you or other more people who converted to anime more recently. There was like a show that was the gateway. It goes back too far because when I was a kid, I watched stuff like Voltron and Robotech, but I didn't know it was anime. To me, it was just cartoons. It was awesome. You know, I didn't realize that it was like chopped up versions of of anime because, you know, they didn't tell you that and it wouldn't have made any sense to you anyway. Did you have Battle of the Planets? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, gotcha, man. Yeah, I loved I Battle that. of Planets. Yeah, that, that that only showed on UK TV like during like school holidays. <laughs> I used to sort of wait because oh my god, that's going to come back and it's so amazing. And I just remembered that now. <laughs> yeah, Battle of the Planets or G Force, they called it when they when they brought it back the second time. Uh huh. Yeah, God, I I love stuff like that. But like I said, I didn't know it was anime. Mm. No, so I yeah, I, I can't remember. I don't I think I can pinpoint a specific show that brought me. I just remember like um being really interested in it once i realized what it was it was it was you know cartoons from japan and like renting stuff from blockbuster or hollywood video like they had an anime section that was one little area and it was mostly studio ghibli stuff and then uh the same you know eight or nine movies over and over again like ninja scroll and uh there was always, uh project aco was there a lot and uh md geist which is awful <laughs> I've never seen uh, it. One of them, if you don't watch it. Uh, one of them was Votoms. That's how I got into that. Votoms is amazing if you can find that. Uh, one time at a place called Super Duper Video, I found uh, Cyber City Oedo, which is how I found that. That's fucking amazing. That is awesome. The UK version is better. <laughs> so I watched, uh, I would watch basically, once I understood it, I would watch it wherever I could find it. Like if sometimes. Like a, a random anime uh, channels like Stars or, or Encore or Epics would show just random like Tales from the Dark Side or Tokyo Babylon or shit like that um, or the, the OVA of X just randomly and I would mm. tape them off there. I still have some of the tapes. And then when I was in junior high, I joined my first anime club where we had riveting discussions like which Sailor Moon character is the hottest. Mm-hmm. And Pluto. Uh, Pluto. <clears throat> oh yeah, I guess that's a bad. But that's where I got in uh, into tape trading. That's you know the old fan subs and copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a tape somebody got over from Japan um, to see stuff like Flame of Rekka and uh, you know Mag- that's where I first found Magic Knight Ray Earth. Eventually, I was able to see that by buying the incredibly expensive VHSs. Because back then, like if you bought a, an anime VHS, you got like three or four episodes, and it cost like thirty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to buy that Neon Genesis. If I- Genesis Evangelion on VHS. There was two episodes per tape. <laughs> yeah, they used to do that with Ranma. Like you buy an ep- a tape of Ranma, you get three episodes. And I'm like, yeah. that's like a 55 or 60 episode show at least. Yeah. But yeah, that's 
that's that was anime back then. Like I watched it whenever I could, but like it wasn't on. It wasn't on TV except at weird sporadic times, or it was a four kids you know thing like Pokemon or Digimon. I was a little too old for Digimon, so I could never quite get into it. Um, and then of course, as I got into high school and then early college, that's when Toonami showed up and started dropping like Dragon Ball Z, Gundam Wing, Yu Yu Hakusho. Loved Yu Yu Hakusho. Because I'd heard about Yu Yu Hakusho for years. I actually saw the OVA, Poltergeist Report, but I'd never gotten to see the show because it just wasn't available. And that's right, because my anime fan kind of goes in waves. There was like my first wave where I joined the club and I would tape trade and then I got too much work. And then I would find more content and I'd come back. And then back in the early 2000s, you know, Outlaw Star and Cowboy Bebo and that stuff brought me back in full time. Trigun, all that stuff. That's still my favorite. The original Helsing. Mm-hmm. That's why I started getting uh, completely legally downloaded versions of it, burned to DVD legally. Yeah, yeah. Was there a time when you weren't watching anime? There have been there have been gaps. The, um, mm-hmm. Part like at the first part of high school, I, I kind of just stopped. It was like, like I said in the nineties, it was so hard to get content. Mm-hmm. I would just lose interest, or I wouldn't have the money. And there was a gap there from about. I would say uh, the late 2000s, like 2007 or 8 through 2010 or 11. There's a, there's a three or four years where I just didn't really watch it. I think I got burned out on the style of the time. Mm. Once yeah. it became legal to stream it, I got it back in 1,000%. Yeah, streaming like totally sort of made my anime watching go crazy. Because um, yeah, up, up till then, it was really just, you know, if it was available in DVD... Right, I would go to. I used to drive to Best Buy, and I'd go to the anime section and see if anything new came out that was interesting. Yeah. And I would read like New Type, you know, or Anna Manga. Those weird, what are they called them? Magazines? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Your type was like really you, like then you know you the thing was you go buy something because you're like oh it looks interesting and then it sucks and but now you're stuck with this damn DVD. <clears throat> yeah, there's a bunch of shows that I otherwise would have never checked out if it weren't for New Type, and it kind of bummed me out when they stopped selling it. Even though, man, no one ever wanted to buy that thing; it was too expensive. Yeah, they charged a lot for it, but it was always sad when, like, you know, specific genre media like that dies, uh, enthusiast media dies off. Yeah, because you need you need you can't you need more than one or two sources. Like, you like there's there's Anime News Network and who? Oh, it's our podcast. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we are the only real competition. Pretty much. We'll take them down soon enough. Anyway, that's just me. Like, I've been an anime fan for so long that I don't remember what the first one was. It was. I would think you could count Voltron, probably. Yeah, sounds like it. It's Five lions come together to form one super robot. Mega Man. The only <laughs> Mega Man I remember is uh, the Mega Man in Captain N, the Game Master. That's right. Oh, I remember that show. Mm. Fuck, I love that show. I love that show so much. We don't have time to talk about Captain Ed some other time. Eggplant Wizard for Smash. Is it? No, we're not, we're not getting into this. Everything in Smash is great, though. Um, thanks, everybody, for chatting. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Well, when you ever get this group of people, you're always going to hear old anime coming up. I'm sorry, guys. I hope you <laughs> are okay with that. <laughs> Episode 8, old guys talk about old stuff. <laughs> Steam and train. Gotta get those clicks, baby. Yeah, you gotta get that uh, SEO going. <laughs> um, thanks, uh, Requiem. Thanks, Doctor Kev. I'm Hybrid Mink. This has been the Anti Podcast. Uh, do we have a a closing segment? I'm sorry, phrase. Yeah.
EPs for your butthole. Don't eat it. Thank you very much. Good night. Good night.